Welcome to the Cowboy Chronicles, the Oklahoman's Oklahoma State Sports Podcast. I am your host, Scott Wright, joined by Jacob Unruh, as always. Jacob, we are uh, we're in the Oklahoman's Mobile Podcast Studio, heading down uh, heading down Highway 51. Here, we uh, we just left the uh, the Sherman Smith Indoor Center, where we got to talk to players in person for the first time. Uh, not counting not counting the two guys who came to Big 12 Media Days. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, as far as uh, at an Oklahoma State uh, practice, first time. Um, Gosh, since what spring of uh, of twenty twenty? I guess March twenty twenty. The one practice that we had. The one before practice. things got shut down. Yeah, right before it was like the day before I left for the Big Twelve basketball right. tournament. Right when that got shut down. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been a really long time. It was nice. It was. It was. It was, it was very nice. All the media uh, was masked up, so that was uh, that was good. We're still being cautious, and we were uh, we were socially distanced from the players. So uh, everybody's still being safe and uh, and had their uh, their room to work. So doing things the right way at Oklahoma State, in uh, in my opinion, and uh, and much appreciated for uh, all the effort that they're putting in to get us in person interviews with uh, with players. We've done Zoom calls with them the first few uh, availabilities this uh, this preseason, but now we uh, we we stood there with them uh, pinned in like cattle behind. <laughs> behind <laughs> they, they couldn't run for us exactly. They were they were uh, they were in jail in uh, amid the media, and uh, and couldn't get away. But uh, it was a very productive uh, availability session, I thought. Well, and I'm I'm not I'm not giving all the credit to it just being in person, but uh, the fact that it was in person I think helped. Nah, I'm but gonna give a lot of credit to being in person. It, it, it was a very productive day for uh, for from a media perspective, uh, in terms of uh, of what we were able to gather. Um, stories, story ideas, things that came out of it. The players were, uh, I think, I, I, I think everybody was more comfortable in person than in Zoom. So uh, it, it really helped the uh, the players to open up. We had some some good talkers today too, so that uh, that always helped. But uh, but some really good stuff, and we'll uh, we'll get into what the players had to say, what Mike Gundy had to say. Uh, and then we'll uh, we'll branch out a little bit and talk about some things that we haven't had a chance to talk about on the podcast. Talk some uh, conference realignment and uh, kind of some outlook, a uh, little bit of an outlook for the season uh, from our perspectives. But uh, but first, let's uh, let's dive into what the players had to say. I thought uh, I thought Brock Martin came away as the uh, as the star of the interview. He was he was personable. He was um, he was open. He was uh, he was raw. It was uh, very uh, some very telling stuff in uh, in what Brock Martin had to say to to share with the media today. It was a different Brock Martin. Yeah, it was. Um, I've gotten to know Brock obviously um, in the last few years, and he's always been very reserved, very serious. Yes. Um, he's got a dry humor, though. I will say that he does. He, he does. He will. He will drop some. In the past, he's dropped some dry humor on you. That's been pretty funny. Um, he did that today. Talk about Malcolm Rodriguez and his girlfriend. Um, and how much tougher she is than him. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he just, I mean, he opened up about having a kid. Um, yeah. For those who don't know, um, his girlfriend uh, gave birth to a son uh, 14 weeks ago. I asked him uh, later how old his son was now. And um, since I have a almost 10-month-old, um, I was curious. And 14 weeks now, and um, it's changed Brock a lot. Yeah. And yeah, I think it was noticeable. Um, just the way... He seemed to answer everything with more detail. He never gave you a lot before, but he seemed to give you more today than usual. Um, it was refreshing. It was 
and and I think some of that's being a person. I think some of that's maturity. I think some of that's the baby, um, right? And having a family. And I think it's uh, it was it was really refreshing for me. Yeah, it was. He he said that he has a why now in terms mm-hmm. of of why he's going to practice every day and and why he's driving himself to get better. Uh, you know, there before he talked about, oh, you're doing it for your family, or you're doing it for a chance to get to the league, you're doing it uh, for all of these things. But uh, but that little boy has changed him, and uh, and I think uh, Oklahoma State fans are going to appreciate what they see when they see what uh, what Brett Martin is giving them. And uh, not only does he have that, he says he's as healthy as he's felt since uh, since he's been here. And this is a guy who uh, you know had a, an injury his redshirt freshman year. Uh, otherwise, he probably would have played that year, or I'm sorry, his, the year that he redshirted, mm-hmm. his uh, his true freshman year. Um, otherwise, he probably would have played on the defensive line that year because they didn't have a ton of depth at that point uh, at defensive end, and, uh, and that was a uh, a year that he could have really helped that team. So, um, but had a season-ending injury and uh, and has been uh, kind of dealing with uh, with nicks and bruises here and there. Um, some more serious than others that have kept him off the field. You know, he didn't didn't participate very much in spring, hardly at all, really. And uh, and he's fully healthy now and uh, and ready to go, which is uh, which is really good news for for Oklahoma State. I did want to call him on one thing, and I forgot to do this. He talked about how he's getting so much rest and plenty of rest right now. Right, I'm calling BS on that. <laughs> he's got a 14 week old. I know how much rest that is right now. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know how he's doing it. Yeah, no, no. There's uh, there's no chance that he's uh, that he's sleeping all that well uh, at nights right now. It's uh, it's just not happening. No, no. But to each his own, I guess. If he's if he is and that and that baby's sleeping that well, then more power to him. Right. <laughs> it, uh, you know he uh, he might be getting some uh, some extra rest in practice, but uh, but not enough to make up for uh, no. for a 14 uh, week old, in my opinion. No. That, He's got a light class schedule and get some naps. Yeah, exactly. He uh, he is at a a very deep and very talented position that I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do with uh, with all of those guys because I think I think that that's the position that's going to really tap into Jim Knowles' creativity and uh, that uh, that mad scientist uh, vibe that he has is that uh, that Leo position with with Brock Martin, Trace Ford. Tyron Irby, who's back from an ACL injury, and then uh, lots of praise for Colin Oliver. I'm um, jumping ahead in uh, in the schedule of the program, but uh, Mike Gundy uh, essentially said that uh, that Oliver is going to play. It's hard, just it's just a matter of how much, which uh, will will be determined by Jim Knowles. But that position, they have so much they can do with uh, with all of those guys. It's going to be fascinating to keep up with. Yeah, you. I mean, he and and. To piggyback on the injury stuff, I mean, Gundy talked about Trace is making progress. Right. Um, it seems like it sounds like he's on track. Yeah. To recover from his ACL in time for the opener. Um, when you got guys like Trace and leading the way there, and I think Colin Oliver, you know, Brock Martin said he's going to be an All American by the time he's done. Right. About Colin and um, coming up behind him, but Brock is a similar player to Trace, maybe not as as explosive. Yeah, um, but just as dangerous, I think. And, right. Um, Irby, we got to see at times last year have some of that playmaking ability too. And you start running those guys around off the edge, different different places, and doing things with them, and they can bro- drop back in coverage a little bit. Like that's that's a Jim Knowles specialty. Oh, that's, absolutely. I mean, he's 
I think he might be foaming at the mouth when he looks at these guys on film and says, okay, I can do this, this, and this. All right, cool. Yeah. Um, I'm curious if you might see both of them on the field at the same time. You might see Brock and Drake on the field a couple times I think there's, I think there's a good chance of that. You uh, Because you think think back to some of the uh, the blitz packages or the pass rush packages that uh, that they would use with, uh, with Calvin Bundage last year. They don't really have a guy like that at linebacker. That uh, that comes off the edge the way that Bundage did, so I think you're going to see one of those Leos uh, come onto the field in some of those situations. Maybe uh, two of those guys uh, bookended around a uh, a nose guard, an Israel Antoine in the middle, or something like that. And uh, and I think that's going to be where you see Jim Knowles get really creative with how he uses these guys and their athletic ability. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I really uh, I really think so. Uh, we also got to talk to Christian Holmes. Who uh, at least it sounds like uh, now Mike Gundy didn't didn't necessarily stand up and proclaim him the starting cornerback, but he said that he's getting about sixty percent of the work, and uh, the other guys are uh, are getting about thirty. Um, so it sounds like Christian Holmes is the uh, is the starter at at cornerback. We we forgot to our breaking news tone. Da, 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 da. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. So it, at least. From uh, from the way Mike Gundy talks, Christian Holmes is the guy at that other cornerback spot. Now I still think the young guys, Corey Black and Jabbar Muhammad, are going to get some uh, some action. I think that uh, that they see the value in uh, in getting those some guys some playing time this year, especially with uh, with two seniors at the, at your starting spots. I think that they understand how important it's going to be to uh, to have those young guys get on the field and see some uh, some real live action uh, this season. So. Um, that'll be uh, that'll be a big deal. But Christian Holmes was uh, was uh, was great to talk to as well. Uh, another guy who uh, who talked about maturity just in a different uh, different kind of way, uh, not the fatherhood kind. In fact, he joked that he st- <laughs> he doesn't stand too close to guys like Brock Martin and and uh, Trey Sterling, Trey Sterling, and other guys that are uh, that are uh, becoming fathers right now. Um, but. Um, but Holmes was uh, was was pretty revealing in in talking about himself as well, uh, talking about the maturity that it uh, it takes to uh, uh, to play in his position at Oklahoma State and to play his position in general, uh, being a cornerback, a guy that you got to have a short memory and uh, and all those sorts of things. It was uh, it was really interesting to hear him talk about uh, how physically he has uh, has matured. Over the last year, and uh, Mike Gunny talked about that as well. Um, but uh, but he sounds like a guy that is uh, that is more settled in what he's doing right now than he was a year ago, and uh, and that's good news for Oklahoma State because uh, um, you know you you need to be able to count on those corners to do their job in this defense. Um, you know, there's been uh, there's been talk during the preseason that they're going to run more zone to uh, to try to protect guys and things like that. Um, I think they're going to run some zone in uh, very disguised ways, but they're still going to rely heavily on man-to-man coverage, particularly at the corners when they can, because that's going to free up those safeties so much more and let them do uh, let them do so much more damage uh, from uh, from their positions. Um, you know, one of those guys who was getting some extra work today was it Colby Harvell Peel that was yes. uh, that was still back there working and yelling and having a good time while we were uh, while we were chatting with players. I, I, I heard heard the name said and I couldn't hear it very well and I couldn't turn around to see who it was. So 
Yeah, um, it was it was Colby back there. That safety group's going to be so good. I think. Yeah, they are. Um, the the thing about the zone defense that's I'm curious about is how much zone can you really play in the Big Twelve? Um, you're going to have some of these passing offenses that are just going to pick apart, and some of these quarterbacks right. are going to pick apart a zone. I think I think if we're going to see more zone, it'll be early, kind of a kind of a uh, shell game, if right. you will. Yeah, exactly. Early to for Knowles to to Big Twelve D, Big Twelve offensive coordinators to say, oh, they're running a lot more zone, and then they're not. If you see more zone, I mean, I, I'm with you. I think still there's going to be a lot of man. You disguise yeah. those zones. You can't can't tie up your safeties like that you gotta let them go make plays yeah absolutely and you've got so many guys back there that can make plays it's uh it's it's got a chance to be a, a really exceptional secondary for Oklahoma and, State. and mike was talking about the the guys behind the starters yeah are getting just as many reps as the starters at safety yeah and i think that's i mean that's that's how deep safety is right now for osu um yeah i think we'll see kendall daniels probably sneak in there some speaking of young I'll guys be, i'll be intrigued um, you know, I think because I think uh, you know I'd heard some nickel talk with him a little bit at times, and right. so I think you might see him sneak in there. It uh, it could happen. They've got some young guys at the threes that are uh, that are are uh, getting a lot of action right now, and and getting a chance to make a name for themselves. So he's definitely a guy athletically. I mean, I got to see him uh, on the basketball court back in March at the uh, at the state tournament when I was helping out our high school guys. Uh, I got to see him. Uh, got to see him move and he's a guy that's uh, that's got all the tools to be a, a big time football player in uh, in in the secondary so that'll be uh, intriguing to watch and then offensively offensively we, we got, got a lot of good stuff from des jackson des jackson about- got uh, got to talk a lot today he was uh, he was very chatty and uh, we always enjoy that we appreciate that so um some of the stuff that i was most intrigued from uh, from him was talking about uh, the uh, the transition from from junior college to Division one and uh, and talking about you know how Caleb Etienne is going through a lot of those things that uh, that that Des went through just a couple of years ago and and really uh, really starting to understand uh, you know how Des 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 can look back now and see that he wasn't fully comfortable until until about a year ago. And so he knows, you know, mentally and physically what uh, what ETN is going through right now. Gundy says ETN and and Taylor Materko still battling it out at that left tackle job. Um, you know, I had kind of been uh, been a little bit curious if uh, the uh, the guy who comes out on the as the second string left tackle wouldn't move to right tackle. But uh, the longer this goes on, I, I think that's going to be really hard to make that uh, that switch that early in the season plus they gave us jake springfield to talk to today who is obviously the starting right tackle yeah. so sounds like they feel pretty comfortable with uh with him at that right tackle spot um but uh but des was good and uh shared a little bit more about uh, about ld brown who we've been uh talking a lot about this uh this priest ld he's just the comedian man he's he just is. he's the life of the party every time we talk to him i i i'm thrilled because oh, he's hilarious. It's like a comedy show if you get him in a group setting. Yeah. Um, he's good on Zoom with us. Um, he's, he's he's a man leader. of the people. He really is. He is a man of the people. He really is. Um, the players all love him. He's lighthearted enough to, to really make the players, you know, I think he brings the team together in a lot of ways. And 
Um, Dez alluded to that, and um, Dominic Richardson just said a lot of the similar things last week too about him. And um, LD's just LD's just a delight, and yeah, I is. like people talking about him more and more. And you, I think, asked this question of either either Tay Martin or uh, Dominic Richardson or both last week. Um, but it's important to have a guy like that. And those guys bring a lot of, of value in the locker room, especially when it's somebody like LD who can also be serious and be the leader and be the take charge guy, but still be the, uh, the comic relief and the, uh, the guy that diffuses a, a difficult situation and, and those types of things. So I think LD, LD's value to this team goes way beyond his production on the field goes way beyond the uh, the people that he makes laugh. I think you wrap it all together, and and his value is 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 through the roof for what he means to this team. Absolutely, that's it's it's rare to find a guy like that. I feel like I mean, yeah, you think every team has them, but I don't think they do. Not like him. Not like no. not like LD. No, not not a guy that is universally beloved. Yeah, and uh, it's. I'm. He, he, you you want to pull for him, you know. You you pull for good stories, I right. think, in our business. And LD's a good story and a good person, and so it makes you want to pull for him. Absolutely. That said, uh, he's uh, he's going to have a lot of company in the backfield this year. <laughs> yeah. it, uh, it certainly seems like I I kind of thought you know back back in between media days, Gundy says, oh, we got four or five guys that can that we tr- we trust can carry the ball, and uh, I thought. You 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 got four maybe three, right now that you're that you're really comfortable with, and by the time you get to Missouri State, that's down to two that you're uh, entirely comfortable with, and by the time you get to uh, where you're going up to Boise State, it's probably like one and a half, but it really feels like they've they're they're going to use all four of these guys. It really feels that way. It does. Um... It was funny. I, I didn't get a chance to ask Des this today, but he talked about his you know first start. He had 36 carries, and I want to be like, do you plan on having that at all this season? <laughs> right. Because there's four guys. I mean, LD's going to get going to start. Yeah. Des will follow. Um, either Dominic Richardson or Jalen Warren will follow. Right. And who knows what order? Um, and they're going to play him. And you know, in the past. Gundy has always talked about, oh, well, we had multiple guys, but you had Chuba. Right. You know, you had Justice Hill. And so the other guys were just complimentary pieces right. to those guys. Um, but now I legitimately think, I mean, Gundy today insisted all four will play. Um, he said he's not afraid to ride the hot hand either. If they get going, he's not going to pull them. Right. He's not going to pull them just to get carries to the other guys. If they get going, they're going to ride it out. Um, I think last year you kind of saw that with all the injuries. He's got all these guys – had a chance to put it on display and how do you not play a, a Dominic Richardson after what he did last year in his right. limited time yeah you can't just tell him that was good but you gotta wait another year to play right. really again I mean right. you can't do that and so I think they're it, it's a it's a really good position to be in because Chuba did wear down yeah you know LD got hurt Dez got hurt you got depth now one of these right. guys goes down yeah, you're down to three, but three is better than one. Yeah. All of a sudden, so it's uh, it's it's a great, great position for us you to be in behind a line that I think is going to be really improved. Yeah, 
I, I do, and we'll kind of kind of conclude the uh, the period of talking about what the players had to say with with Jake Springfield, the, four, the fourth guy who spoke to us. Um, I asked him if he's chatted with Tevin Jenkins at all. Um, now, the backstory to that is Jake's sister, Sydney Springfield, former OSU softball player, is uh, in a relationship with Tevin Jenkins, uh, who is obviously with the Chicago Bears now and uh, out for at least part of the season after having back surgery, um, which uh, uh, Jake said he's uh, Tevin's doing well and, and, and fighting through it. Um, but, um, but Jake said, yeah, he has visited with, uh, with Tevin and uh, you know wants to follow in his footsteps as a uh, as a dominant right tackle, and uh, Springfield obviously only a uh, redshirt sophomore, so he's got plenty of time to uh, continue to develop. But he's a guy who was thrown into the fire last year uh, at starting left tackle in uh, his redshirt freshman season after having a former walk-on who just yeah. gotten a, a scholarship in in August, and then he's the starting left tackle in uh, in September. So it was a uh, crazy ride for him last year. Uh, he sa- says he's a lot more comfortable on the right side. Uh, so, uh, so you know, if you if you find a guy who's more comfortable on that side, uh, it's it's e- a little easier to roll with him over there. And uh, certainly seems like Oklahoma State likes what they've got across the offensive line right now. So, um, Springfield is uh, I, th- I think gained a lot of uh, a lot of experience last year in terms of what it takes to play at this level. And by moving him to right tackle, now you've still got Hunter Anthony over there who uh, who has played some for you. You've got Cole Birmingham backing up your uh, your right guard, who is uh, Hunter Woodard, who, who was another guy thrown into the fire. So uh, lots of guys with experience on the right side of the line over there. It's a, uh, it's a, a, a spot that... Uh, you know, once uh, once they figure out what's going on at, at left tackle, it's going to be a uh, a very comfortable offensive line. I think that uh, that they've got that they're uh, they're very comfortable with across the board. I I think both left tackles will play. Yeah, myself. there's a good chance of that. That's kind of where I'm at right now with it. I feel like the way Gundy keeps updating us, there's a chance we're going to see both play. Absolutely, first could week. happen. I've, first week, I think we will against Missouri State for sure. But uh, yeah, um, after that, I think it'll. It'll be a, a little bit for at least first few weeks, maybe. Yeah, I could uh, I could definitely see that uh, this uh, this position battle. You know, it's one unfortunate thing about uh, about our our time that we get to actually watch practice. Uh, I'm thankful that we get to watch some, but uh, you know we see a lot of stretching, a lot of special teams work, and then a little bit of position work. In yeah. in the uh, you know thirty to forty five minutes that we see, and there's no first or second team or third team in that. It's just no. drill work. It's, it's just yeah, it's, it's positional drill work, not uh, not not eleven on eleven or even seven on seven or uh, O line versus D line type situations. It's uh, it's just positional drill work. So, it, but it sounds like this uh, this battle for the left tackle job is really intense, and both guys are going uh, are going nuts for this job, trying to win this position. So. I think uh, whoever comes out of it is going to be prepared. All right, what else did uh, did Gundy have to say that uh, that jumped out at you? He uh, he he was uh, he was really entertaining today in that he jumped right on top of everything and said uh, right out right out of the gate he says first 
here's here's the answers to all the questions you probably want to ask yeah. me basically yeah he just that's ran not, through it's not word for word but that's basically what he told us yeah he said all right here we go and he just started rattling off injury updates progression of spencer sanders he likes tay martin um trace ford's progressing what else did he cover um uh, safeties look position good battles yeah uh, you know he just was running through this whole list of things he thought we were going to ask him um, and I thought that was it was fascinating. It was funny. It yeah, really was. Because then he's like, "All right, any questions?" And I thought, "Well, you took about six of mine." So <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, what do we do now? But um, so I don't know. That was that was entertaining. Gundy's been pretty entertaining so far. He has um, he's been in a very good mood this season. And so that was that was good stuff. But you know, I thought his talk about COVID safety was interesting again. Yeah, that was. Um, you know, t- warning players like, "Hey, like." Some of these, a lot of students aren't going to be as cautious as you, so be careful. Um, you know, he told the, told the story about uh, driving past, uh, uh, driving across Sixth Street the other day and uh, seeing all the uh, students. What was his phrase? Welcoming themselves back to campus. Yeah, yeah. He said it was what he would call a block party. Looked like a block party. Welcoming themselves back to camp- campus, and um, he said that he doesn't. He's guys doing any of that. Um, yeah. You know, I thought that was pretty interesting and. Um, you know, Jake Springfield talked about he's taking online classes only, right? Yeah, still, and so to stay away from that, and so but that was fascinating. Um, I thought his redshirt talk was fascinating about Rashetti Jones not realizing <laughs> that you don't have preseason talks with guys that you're going to redshirt anymore because right. they could play four games, and so pretty yeah. much everyone has an idea who's going to play the four games, right? Um, you know, so it's it's um, it was good stuff from Gundy. Um, He's been very, very good with us so far. Yeah, he has uh, in this preseason. Yeah, he really has, and uh, tonight was another example of it. So, all right, I think uh, I think that kind of wraps up uh, everything that um, that was pertinent from tonight's media availability. Let's get into some uh, some more uh, broad vision topics that uh, we haven't really had a chance to discuss because we haven't uh, haven't had a chance to podcast since the uh, since Big Twelve Media Days. So. Um, obviously, a lot has happened since then in terms of conference realignment. It has? And, oh. uh, yes, a lot. <laughs> I, if you haven't been paying attention, I can tell you it's a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. Uh, because I tried to read it all, and you can't. You can't yeah, read yeah, it you all. Yeah, you can't read it all. No. You can't read it all. I tried it's to do it on possible. vacation even. I was on the beach trying to read it, and I couldn't do it. Well, that's uh, that's uh, that's uh, that's a... Uh, uh, I also didn't want to do it. Yeah, that's more, that's I'll be more the issue. I was going to say, if you were genuinely trying to, it, no. uh, it was a failure on your part to uh, no, to was, enjoy your vacation. So. No, I enjoyed the beach more. I um, I had COVID, and I still couldn't read it all. Oh, well. And I, I, it, was, uh, it was like being at the beach, except there was no sand or ocean or, uh, or, <laughs> or, good, or good weather. Or good weather. <laughs> so... <laughs> It was seventy-two every day. I can't. I can't <laughs> complain. Uh, so I, 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 I won't complain too much. Well, I'm glad you're better at least. Yes, I'm healthy now. Well outside of my uh, my window to uh, to spread the virus. So so we're uh, we're still being safe. Um, I'm not sure how we ended up talking about all of that. I yeah, um, I I diverted us. I'm really good at that. Sorry. <laughs> it's all right. But uh, let's let's uh, touch briefly on conference realignment. Obviously, we can't uh, we can't discuss everything that uh, that is out there or that has happened, and there's no need for us to to, to rehash a bunch of uh, of old stuff. 
but uh, I'm going to ask you a question and then I'll I'll answer it and uh, give you t- time to think since I haven't prepared I haven't give you time to prepare for the question I'm going to ask. Okay. Fire away. But the question is, in your opinion, what would be the ideal scenario to play out for Oklahoma State in conference realignment? Oof. Okay. And I am uh, I I've I've come around on this because because I, I didn't think this was necessarily a, a great option at, at, at the beginning but I think the big 10 is the uh, the best option that was my answer no sorry no that's fine. I could I should no. I should I should just stalled and then uh, I could have could have sang the jeopardy theme song that you, uh, <laughs> no, let that, you was, that was mine but I was debating in my head is that gonna be the right answer <laughs> I, I, well, I, I don't think any of us know the right answer yeah and uh, we don't know. Uh, we don't necessarily know all the options for the answers because there, there seems true. to be something new every day that uh, unveils itself as a potential answer to this question. But I think the Big Ten is the uh, the best answer. I just I don't know how viable it is uh, from Oklahoma State's standpoint. I don't know if the Big Ten. I don't know what the Big Ten is going to be willing to do in terms of expansion. Whether they might look to uh, to pluck a bigger team from somewhere else, or what they what they might try to do, I just I think there's uh, it's it, it's hard to project what is best for the Big Ten. But from Oklahoma State's standpoint, I think the Big Ten is uh, is still the best option on the table right as of right now. Can the Big Ten just trade Nebraska for Oklahoma State? Like, get rid of that hot. Mess right, and right. you'd bring in Oklahoma State. I think you're better off if you're the Big Ten. That wouldn't uh, would not be horrible. Um, I mean, that's a disaster there, but that's a whole different topic. But um, yeah, I think the Big Ten. When you think of proximity for travel, um, it's better than going to the West Coast all the time. Right. Um, the money is better. Yeah. Obviously, I mean, they pay better than the SEC. Yeah. Um, as of as of as right of now. now, yeah. Um, TV times are good. Um, yep. You know, I think everything adds up. You know, the academic standards might be the biggest holdup for OSU. Right. Um, but I think there has been some tr- strategic um, posts from uh, new president uh, Casey Shrum. kind of trying to say, hey, uh, academically, we're doing this, this, and this. Right, exactly. You know, I think we, we might very not be strategic. We might not have the necessary accreditations that you uh, that you state that you want, but here's what we're doing. Yeah, and I think I think there's there's a reason they're posting that. Like I think the Big Ten is the most desirable place. Um, you know, the Pac-12 has its advantages. Obviously, um, there's still good money there. Um, I don't know how much a nine o'clock kickoff is going to be how well that'll be received by OSU fans. Right. Because that'll happen more often than not. Um, but you'll still get a lot of good kickoff times, too. I mean, for home games and stuff, I assume. But right. it's just uh, the travel is what kills me on that for athletes. And I'm not thinking just football. I'm thinking basketball and baseball and softball. Oh, absolutely. You know, and there's a lot of, you know, you can't. If you're Oklahoma State, and West Virginia obviously goes through this, I assume, um, but you can't just take a short trip to Oregon and turn right back around and then have to go back to UCLA right. on consecutive weekends. Yeah, exactly. Um, I just don't see how that's possible. So it's a lot more possible to go up to Illinois and Ohio and yeah. 
Michigan than it is Oregon and Washington right. all the time. Yeah. Now, you might get pods and conferences that will help with that, and you don't have to go there all the time. But I just – the Big Ten, to me, makes the most sense. And and if you're OSU, you can come in there and you're going to be really good in football in right. the Big Ten. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, you trade OU for Ohio State, essentially. Um, but there's a good chance that you're not going to be in the same conference as Ohio State, so you're not going to see them every year right. unless you see them every year in the Big Ten championship game. But you're going to get Illinois. You're going to get, I mean, I assume Indiana. I'm not well-versed in the conferences, how it's split, right? How it's split in the Big Ten. But right, yeah, and it would probably require some reworking anyway. So. Yeah, you get Nebraska. I mean, you want to play Nebraska right now if you're OSU. <laughs> right. So, I mean. Sign up for that. You know, it's it's going to be, it's just better all around. Basketball is really good, too. Um, baseball, maybe not so much. But, um, but bas- you know, basketball is, and. Softball, I think, probably would be a little weaker, but a little bit. But the Big Ten has some uh, some regular powers that are yeah. uh, that that are uh, that are pretty impressive. And, and I think uh, if you boost your academic standards, zero issue. That's always a good thing. Yeah, that's really what it's about is academic. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I think that's that's a big thing too. I just I'm with you. The Big Ten's the best answer. Yeah. All right. Well, good. I'm glad we settled that. Yeah. Easy enough. I don't know what's taking everybody else. Yeah. So long. I, Chad Weiberg, I hope you're listening. Just Big Ten, <laughs> baby. Big Ten. Oh, yeah. Well, now that that's out of the way, let's uh, let's let's hit a couple of a uh, couple of season. Um, I don't. Know, I'll just say predictions. We'll uh, we'll talk about kind of uh, some of our outlook for the season. Um, we'll start with uh, with offensively. Spencer Sanders. Will he throw for more? yards per game this year than he did a year ago, which last year was, uh, what, 207? You can tell okay. how well I prepared for this well, part I mean, of the conversation. You, you're doing better than I am because I'm, I'm the one driving, and I'm thinking, yeah, I don't know that number off the top of my head. <laughs> um, I think more. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm pretty certain that he'll throw for more. Um, obviously, he had a, a couple of games where he was uh, – Limited by injuries, and uh, that that dropped his number. I also think that he's not going to be running for his life all the time in this offensive line. Exactly, I think that he's going to have a lot more opportunities to uh, to sit back and and take some time and uh, and pick apart some defenses in a way that he hasn't been able to. And I also and, think Tay Martin's going to be really good. Sorry, I, I, yeah. I, I think Tay Martin's going to be really good. No, I think I think so too. I think he's going to be a really reliable. Uh, receiver. I almost said number one receiver, but then that gave me an idea for another question. Oh, okay. Here we go. Okay. Uh, who leads Oklahoma State in receiving receptions? Who leads them in receptions? And who leads them in receiving yards? Oof. Yards is Tate Martin. Okay. And I think I want to lean him toward lean towards him on receptions. I know Brennan Presley is the popular pick here, but I just think that there's going to be this connection with Tay and Spencer. I can see that. I can see that. But I think that those underneath throws to Presley and some uh, some uh, some jet sweep pop passes, things like that, are going to up those numbers a little bit. And I think that Presley ends up uh, with more receptions. But I think that uh, I think that Martin is the guy for yardage. Yeah. I think that's. Yeah, I don't think uh, you can go wrong with Tay or Brendan on the receptions. I, I just, yeah. 
it's going to depend on what what uh, the game plan is. I think. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and you know, teams are going to be forced to uh, to decide a little bit whether they're going to they're going to you know if if Tay Martin comes out and has three Tylen Wallace games to start his career or to start the season. I mean, um, three career games then teams are going to suddenly have to think, okay, do we need to double this guy? And how does that change things for uh, for Presley or Braden Johnson on the inside underneath? You know, what uh, what does that look like from their perspective in terms of how they're being covered? So uh, I think there's going to come a point in, in time this season where defenses are having to choose whether they're going to double outside or, uh, or keep an, a guy inside and, and try to clutter the middle and take their chances in a one-on-one situation with Tay Martin. So I think that's going to be a, uh, a, a continually unfolding storyline of this offense. All right, last one, and we'll wrap it up. We'll do some more of these in the next podcast. But uh, leading tackler of the Oklahoma State defense this season. Oh, I'm, I'm going Malcolm Rodriguez. I mean, that's that seems like the obvious answer, right? Um, it seems that way. You know, I mean – He's the most sure-handed tackler on the team. Oh, absolutely. And he seems to be everywhere the ball is. Yeah. Um, he's also bulked up. And so I think he's going to hold up a little bit better. He's held up well, but I think he's going to hold up better and I think he's going to be a menace. I, uh, I don't disagree with anything you just said. That said, I'm still picking Trey Sterling as my, uh, That's as a my good tackle one. leader this year. Just a uh, just gut feeling. No great, uh, No great reason to go with it. But he's a guy that that finds his way to the ball, and finds his way into uh, important situations, and I think that uh, that he's going to pull it off. Dad power. That's right. He's having a boy too, right? I believe I, so. I saw. I watched. I watched the. I watched the reveal video. I online. think it is a boy. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure it's a boy. Pretty sure. If not, sorry, Trey. Yes. Our apologies. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember the the nickname that he has. He already has a nickname. Oh man. So we're gonna have to look uh, this up. Yeah. And now I feel bad. I'm really unprepared for this. Uh, uh, that's okay. For this, for that's this show. okay. Little uh, little podcast this, rusty. This is what we do. We wing it. That's right. And it's been a while, so we're it rusty. Has been. Like you said, it has been. Yeah, little podcast rust, knocking it off. But uh, but it was a good day, productive day, at, at Oklahoma State. Glad that we could bring you a uh, another Cowboy Chronicles podcast. Shout out to uh, Paige and Addison back in the studio. They packed up the podcast kit. They borrowed it over the summer. Packed it up really nice and neat. Uh, it's never going to see that condition again. Now <laughs> that's, that it's that's in my on possession, <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, I'll I'll never have it back in that uh, in that nice neat packaging that uh, that they gave it to me with. But uh, appreciate both of them who uh, who help out in producing these video or uh, these podcasts and our videos for that matter. Yeah, we'll they have help videos with. once the season starts. Absolutely. So uh, thanks to Paige and Addison back in the uh, in the studio for handling all of that, and thank you for listening to the Cowboy Chronicles podcast.